the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The New Testament view is that every word we speak is spoken in the presence of God. Mean what you say and say what you mean. Well, we're back with the very practical teaching of James from the book of James in the New Testament. And Pastor Leighton Sheely will take us to the fifth chapter on this edition of the broadcast. This is an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno there on the web at highlands.us. And I'm Mike Trout. Pastor Leighton Sheely is in a section of James chapter 5 that deals with patience in suffering. And let me read the ninth chapter as we start. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Verse 10, as an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets or take the example of the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. And so what James is saying is, look at the prophets for guidance, information, and encouragement that they could have never accomplished their work unless they had patiently endured. The result of the prophets is a great harvest indeed, but it required the the prophets to be patient in their work. Now, I've used the word prophets, and the first thing that probably comes to our, our mind is someone who proclaims something about the future. But in the scriptures, the word was used to speak of spokesmen for God, interpreters of God's will, people who proclaimed the word of the Lord. And he's talking here about Old Testament prophets. And those Old Testament prophets, we know, many cases they had a, God came to them with a message. And in some cases, God said, now, I want you to go out and I want you to preach this message. Oh, by the way, the people aren't going to listen to you, but preach it anyway. And in their faithfulness, they go out and preach it, and sure enough, nobody would listen to what they had to say. But they were faithful to do what God called them to do. And oftentimes what they preached made them targets of persecution. And and so what James is, is pointing out to us here is that God does not preserve from suffering those whom he has called, but rather preserves them in suffering. Doesn't preserve them from suffering, but preserves them in suffering. And these prophets are an example because of their obedience and faithfulness despite the hardships they faced. The perseverance of these prophets often led them to death and sometimes even a horrible death The people who were their contemporaries may have looked upon them as being cursed, but we know that they were blessed. Jesus said, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Blessed are you when people persecute you. Blessed. Now, the word there in the original language 
uh, is sometimes translated fortunate or happy, but it really has a much greater depth of meaning than just mere happiness. It, it, it's probably better understood in terms of, of sensing God's approval and acceptance. And so when we say that the, these were, prophets were blessed, we, we say that they were approved by God. And, and sometime this week, just pause and think about the deep sense of well-being, knowing that you are approved by God. Verse 11, behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. Now, you've heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you've seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. So again, James uses the word behold to get our attention, and he summarizes what he's taught in the previous verses. And he said, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. Jesus said that the person who endured to the end was blessed, for he would be saved. Those who remain steadfast will be saved, and saved, being saved, is the ultimate blessing. And then he goes on to talk about Job and and points to his example. And... uh, Job, by the way, if you've not read it, I highly encourage you to read it. It's, uh, some of the chapters seem repetitive, but there are some jewels of insight in the book of Job. I had a young man come to me one time. He says, I don't believe in this Christianity stuff, and I don't believe in the Bible. And I asked him why. And he said, because um, we know that there were dinosaurs because of the bones, and it's not even mentioned in the, in the Bible. I said, oh, it's not. What Bible are you reading? When I opened up Job, and lo and behold, there is a creature in there that's described, described that we would think of as a dinosaur. It's a fascinating read, but I, I recommend it for that reason and for others, because I think it would be a great source of encouragement when we go through times of difficulty. You see, uh, there was a sense in which Job was really not patient at all. I mean, he was questioning what he was going through and why he was going through it. And he had all kinds of questions. But he never lost his faith in God. He said in his writings, My witness is in heaven, and he that vouches for me is on high. I know that my Redeemer lives. He struggled, he questioned, but the flame of his faith was never extinguished. Now, there might be a kind of a faith that never questions and never complains, but there's an even greater that, uh, faith that results when we go through times of questioning and we come out believing it. That's the kind of faith that describes Job. And so we're told that the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. We can see clearly from Job's story that perseverance is not the result of understanding because Job never got an answer from God as to why he was going through what he went through. There are many things we can understand, but there are things that we won't understand. At least on this side, we won't. And, and the purpose of God, it's, it's, it talks about the purpose of God. The purpose of God is not that we can fill our minds with answers and explanations. But the purpose of God is to bring us to a place where we trust God. And we respond in obedience based on that trust. He said, the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. And the outcome of Job's story is an example of that. Because in his case, he had the complete restoration of his family and his fortune even was doubled. But of even more significance is 
the insight and encouragement that Job's story has provided for untold millions and millions of people over the centuries. So as we're going through those times, we need to remind ourselves that God works all things together for good. There's a good reason why we're going through whatever it is that we're going through. And look for ways that God is preparing us to be the kind of people he wants us for the next world. You know, we as Christians in America, we, we, we just have a tendency to get focused on the things of this world. And we allow this world to become our big picture. For Christians, this world is not the big picture. This world is passing away. The big picture is the world to come, the life to come, eternity to come. We need to keep the big picture the big picture. Then he says, But above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. Here he's repeating the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 and following. Now, the oaths that are forbidden are um, not oaths that we would take in a court of law. Uh, those legal oaths uh, are intended to bind those who are standing as witnesses to some event. And perjury needs to be a serious offense because justice can only be accomplished when the truth is spoken and the truth wins out. And so people must be bound to their word, their witness, that what they are speaking is indeed the truth in courts. The New Testament view is that every word we speak is spoken in the presence of God. Remember that God is always with us and God is within us. Therefore, God is a witness to everything we say. Therefore, everything we say should not be a lie, but the truth. Let your yes be yes. And your no be no. Mean what you say and say what you mean. Now, in times of persecution and suffering, there can be a temptation to say no when the real answer is yes. No, I don't know Jesus. No, I don't. I'm not a Christian and so forth. To that, Jesus said, whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my father who is in heaven. Matthew chapter 10. And that statement that Jesus made was in the context of persecution. In times of persecution, in times of suffering, we need to be patient. And that patience is fueled by keeping our eyes focused on the return, the imminent return, the immediate return of King Jesus. The scriptures tell us no one knows the day or the hour of his return. It is not good to set a date and time for Jesus' return. That said, Jesus did say you would know the season. And he described the signs of the season. Back in the summer of 2015, we did a six-week sermon series. The first three weeks were called Signs of the Season. And we looked at what the scriptures described, give us as a description of the things that were going to occur. That would be signs that Jesus Christ is coming back again soon. Just to highlight a couple of them. It says there's going to be earthquakes. The United States Geological Society says that the frequency of major earthquakes is growing exponentially. That it's more than doubled from recorded history in just the last uh, 25 or 30 years. And it's growing exponentially. You all know that there's a volcano happening in Hawaii, and that's considered part of the Pacific Rim. 
So one of the signs that we know of is earthquakes. There's rumors of war. In the history, everybody knew when there was a war, because there was two armies in the battlefield. When the war took place, somebody won and somebody lost. So how in the world can you have rumors of war? Well, we're living in an era when all warfare doesn't take place on a battlefield. There's cyber warfare. And according to our government, we're at war against China because they have invaded places, they've gone places they should not have gone. But according to China, we're not at war. It's only a rumor. We're living in an era of rumors of wars. And we'll pick it up from there when we come back tomorrow at this same time with another edition of Study Verse by Verse, an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. I'm Mike Trout, and our teacher is Pastor Leighton Sheely. He's the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands, and they're on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. When you go to that website, you'll have an opportunity to link to either Church of the Highlands or Highlands Christian Schools. If you're looking for a Christian education for your child or children, do link through to Highlands Christian Schools. That's highlands.us. Well, we'll continue this message tomorrow as we come close to wrapping things up in the book of James. I hope you can join us at this same time as we open the Word of God and study verse by verse.